Welcome to the Oakcrest podcast channel. Oakcrest School in Vienna, Virginia challenges girls in grades 6 to 12 to develop character, faith, and leadership potential to thrive in college and throughout their lives. Today's podcast are remarks from head of school Dr. Mary T. Ortiz to parents at orientation. She shares the history of Oakcrest and the stewardship that the school plans to keep at the forefront of the next four years leading up to its 50th anniversary. She speaks on the importance of parent partnership as a founding principle for the school. We're starting our sixth year in Vienna. On September 15, 2026, we'll celebrate the 50th birthday of Oakcrest, which began with mass on that day in 1976 with 22 middle school girls in a very pretty house in Washington, D.C. So we've come a long way. Um, as time passes, as you can imagine, um, we're more and more fascinated by what moved the first parents and teachers to start a school, and really ever more grateful to them. Um, so we've chosen stewardship as the overarching theme for each of the four years leading up to the 50th anniversary. Uh, for each of the four years, um, we'll have a highlight, a specific aspect of the mission that we've received and we have and we hold in trust and for which we want to care very well. This school year is parent partnership and what that means for parents and teachers. So what did these founding parents mean by parent partnership? They drew directly from God's love for marriage and the family as shown in sacred scripture and the Catholic Church's love for family and marriage. The church sees herself as the guardian of this love. These founding parents wanted a school in which parents as the primary educators would be a truth known, respected, and always fresh and up to date. They understood that the heart of this partnership is the collaboration between parents and the school in the education and formation of their children. They counsel parents to focus on their daughter and avoid the tempting sidetrack of blaming others or suggesting that, that teachers change their standards or ways of doing things. Don't waste the precious opportunity they advised over the years to take the experience, prayer, and genuine eagerness of the teachers for the benefit of your daughter's growth into who God meant her to be. The founders gave us a very deep mission to form young women into trustees of humanity in a world that is increasingly dehumanized. We don't have time or energy to waste in pursuit of this noble mission. All wisdom points to the irreplaceable role of the parents in forming their children. The author of a book that many of us read this summer, um, the book is called Hold On To Your Kids. The author writes, the secret of parenting is not in what a parent does, but rather in who the parent is to the child. Parents haven't changed. They haven't become less competent or less devoted. The fundamental nature of children has also not changed. They haven't become less dependent or more resistant. What has changed is the culture in which we are rearing our children. Children's good and right attachment to parents is no longer getting the support required from culture and society. This was undoubtedly a problem in 1976 when the school began, 
but we can all see, unfortunately, that it is only worsened. The truth has not changed, however, that parents are the working compass for their daughters. The, vocations, the vocation to parent is difficult enough without the obstacles of the culture in many ways pitted against you. You are going against the current, and it's easy to become tired and feel alone and defeated. The school was founded on the conviction that the love of the spouses for each other, what St. John Paul II called bread for the children, and the unconditional love of parents for children is the rich soil they need to grow in. Parental love mirrors the love of God for the children. The vocation of marriage is a vocation to holiness. You all have the grace you need, and you have the school as your supporting cast. We share the same goal as you. We understand that true education is about forming a person for life. We are not just looking at how your daughter will fare in college. With you, we want to provide formation upon which she can draw for happiness in this life and eternal happiness. It's essential, therefore, to define our distinct but complementary roles in this collaborative effort. This most important dance, I don't know why, but I like to think, I like to dance, but I like to think of it as a dance. And dances are sometimes intricate, sometimes awkward and stumbling, maybe not for you, but, um, <laughs> but ultimately worth, I think, every bit of the effort, every bit of the effort. The adolescent years are ones of burgeoning freedom, we know, and growth and self-awareness. They're a gift and a responsibility. They're a search for identity for one's life project. The seeds are planted here for greatness. Together we focus on forming the foundation of the house, right? The basement, the first floor, we want to form it well. We in the school, you as well, work in small ways, but in the knowledge that each action, each repeated action, which becomes a habit, contributes to the overall goal, which is forming a young woman of sound judgment, able to use her freedom responsibly for the good. It is laborious, as we all know. It is about very mundane actions and decisions, but it produces a strong and beautiful person, obviously with a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of grace. We have designated here certain virtues for each grade, which we'll read about, and a grade level experience, and these are developmentally well suited. But each day is replete with opportunities and possibilities to choose well. We've seen over the years, and we've been privileged to see many, many excellent examples of parent-school partnership, especially, I'd say, in two important areas for your daughter's growth, studies and friendship. With studies, look at your daughter's use of time after school and on weekends in order to help her each year to develop good study habits and a strong work ethic, right? every year. We've seen parents, we know parents, who allow their daughter to do only one sport a year, for example. Or others who establish a family culture in which homework is done on Fridays, believe it or not, to free up Sundays for church, for rest, for sanity. I'm sure many of you have had people in your life, and still do, who ask you what you're going to remove from your schedule when you want to add something. Helping your daughter, as only you can do, learn to make these kinds of judgment calls is so fruitful. 
and such a great topic for your conversations with your teachers and your mentor, and so in line with what the teachers and mentors at every grade are trying to do. With friendship, it's key to remember that these years are the ones in which really one learns how to be a good friend, which does not necessarily mean that you, as we say to the girls, you will find a good friend right away or for a while. The girls are developing the concept of what it means to be a good friend, what good friendship looks like, and sometimes they learn this by contrast, as we know, what it, what it isn't. They will get hurt. They will hurt others. There is just no way around this in the school of friendship. But they will also learn to apologize, to start afresh, to grow an understanding for the shortcomings of others. They will learn this first and foremost from you, right? That we need to look first inward and work on self before trying to change or influence others. Your work complements beautifully what the teachers are saying in class discussions, what our chaplain is speaking about in homilies daily, in meditations. And you know your daughter thrives when it, there is this kind of alignment, this deep harmony on important life issues. I'm going to share three examples of ways to make your conversation about your daughter with us even more helpful. Number one, when you meet a teacher, a mentor, a college counselor, a coach, tell that person something about your daughter that will help that person in her work this year. What are you trying to help your daughter with? What are her strengths? What are her challenges this year? Maybe it's been a good summer. Maybe it hasn't. What, what's on your mind for her? Um, what, what areas do you see for growth? Share that. Um, I remember one of my first years here, I had an eighth grader um, as a mentee, and her mother um, asked me to talk to her daughter about uh, the fact that her daughter was getting in trouble because she talked all of the time in class. And I told her mother, I am the girl for you because I got in trouble constantly for talking in class. Um, I got it very often. I have many interesting things to say, and other people have interesting things to say, and et cetera. So what ensued was a great conversation. We came up with great strategies. I'd be happy to share with you anytime, from guardian angels to don't sit near that best friend of yours to write that funny joke down, um, whatever it is. But um, So that's just tell us. We, we, there's nothing that we want to do more than to help. And you know your daughter much better, obviously, than we do. Number two, uh, ask for tips, examples, whatever, on, on how you can help your daughter grow. Like in one of, maybe one of the virtues that's set out for the grade, for her grade. One teacher, uh, upper school teacher told us last week, um, we were just gathered, I thought it was lovely. She said that um, she teaches juniors and, and seniors, and she just talked about this learning experience. She said, you know, I'll have a, have a student come up to me and tell me, you know, sometimes with tears, a lot of frustration, I do not have my paper, I do not have the work that's due. And she'll, the girl will explain, I'm doing this sport, I'm coming home late, all the trouble. And the teacher said, I used to try to address the problems, and like we all know this, like maybe you should draw sports, you know, you're trying to fix the problem. Maybe you should get out of sports, maybe you should buy the book, maybe, and she said, I do not do that anymore. I kindly and patiently ask, I listen and I say, okay, what's your plan? Line, right? What's your plan? 
step number one. And then the second thing she said, I, then I get the plan, we've got a plan, she's got a plan. Um, and I sit down and I write an email to her and copy her parents. This is good, this is the plan we've got. It's very simple, maybe you think, oh my gosh, Mary, we do that all the time. I don't know, but I think it was great. Having run down many alleys and up and down roller coasters plenty of times, let's not do that, let's help her think. Talk about solution-oriented, let's, let's get the mind working. Um, and really just you know thinking about next steps. And right away, hope kicks in as well. Hope kicks in, I've got a plan, we've got a plan. We're moving forward. That's excellent for a junior or senior to be working on. It's just a simple one. So as for tips, examples, you know, I don't know what to do with this with my daughter. Do you have any idea? Do you have any stories? Do you have any examples that would help me? Then I would say share a success story. One of your success stories, you can ask the teachers, mentors, share a success story with me. One of my favorites, and I and I the parents are here tonight. Um, this mother's I knew about this. She wrote the names of her daughter was in middle school. She, right at the beginning of school, they took the names of all the girls in the class, cut them up into pieces, whatever, all the names, and put them in a jar in the middle of the, of the table. And before, you know, at breakfast, her daughter would just pick a name out of the bowl. It's the name of one of the girls in her class. And then her mom was like, okay, try to, just try to say something nice to that girl today. Try to do something nice. Or say a little prayer, do something nice. I was like, this is, I think that's absolutely brilliant. So share a little success story or ask for one. Okay, the heart of parent partnership is the personal collaborative effort between you and us to help your daughter live up to her vocation as a beloved daughter of God. That's the key. In a secondary but still critical place, our director of parent support, Terry Collins, leads the school's work in the two goals that she has, really that office has. One is to provide very important and hopefully excellent, and it is excellent, I should say hopefully, it is excellent, but hopefully every year you see that. Professional development resources for you, speakers, books, family enrichment courses, etc., for your professional development as parents. And number two, opportunities to make friends with other parents. Um, Kate Hadley would say for years, look around, you've got the best mentors beside you, in front of you, behind you. Parents who are seasoned, who have been through this many times or not, this, these are your people. Um, but I just want to thank Terry and the Oakcrest Parents Association, the Room Parents, the Fathers Club, for all their work to provide uplifting and really enjoyable events for our families to get together. And then before I wrap up, I have a couple of visuals over here for our learning. It's to grasp this parent partnership. So we have the orchid here with the stakes. The little, this is the orchid. I will tell you it is fake. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I do a real one at home. Um, the orchid with the stakes, the stakes are the parents, right? You are those firm stakes. The clips that hold, I know it sounds a little corny, but the clips that hold the flower, the girl, to the stakes, the clips are us. We're the school, the mentors, the coaches, the, everybody. We're the clips. Um, we want always to keep the primary relationship of daughters and parents very strong, very close, so the girls can grow very well, right? St. Osmaria said, um, he said very few things about the schools, but he did say, and this was when the first one opened in 1951, he said, I see the school as a work of friendship, a love, the love of friendship, 
is that it's a love that brings the parents closer to the children, the teachers closer to her students, and the students closer to one another. So that's key. But I also have some wildflowers. I wish they were heirloom. I don't know that they are, I'm being honest. We'll talk another time about that. But they're, they're crazy wildflowers to show you that we want the girls to be themselves. It's just a simple point. Very strong, very hardy, very beautiful, but very, very much their own, unique. Right? They're not perfect. They're not generic. We're not turning out generic people. But it is absolutely a truth, and hold on to your kids, that book brings us out over and over again, to be one's own person, to be ultimately, you know, in a good way, truly independent, truly free, in a very, very good way. Um, the girls in their formative years need very, they need the strong stakes of the parents in the school together to have them grow very well and very strong. And that is really what we want. So. I wanted to show you that. And just wrapping up, I would encourage you to read the parent-student handbook. Well, it's good Labor Day weekend reading. <laughs> I know, get out your coffee. Um, it is actually pretty good, and I think you should read it. But anyway, we honor parent partnership much more clearly in this edition. And this year, though, I encourage you to look closely at the following sections, and you're going to hear it tonight, but conduct, especially healthy friendships, cell phone policy, social media, uniform and attendance. There's updated language there to reflect better the conduct we expect from the students to contribute positively to our school culture. Mm -hmm. I also encourage you to look at the virtues and grade level experiences that are in the parent-student handbook there as well, so you don't have to go elsewhere. Um, to conclude, um, my go-to man, Santa Maria, wrote this. He wrote, Brief indeed is our time for loving. Great line. Brief indeed is our time for loving. We must not squander this period of the world's history which God has entrusted to us. We here at Ocrest do not want to squander the opportunity to collaborate with you in the education and formation of your daughters. We're deeply grateful for your trust, and we are committed to playing our part in this collaborative effort as the founders of our school intended, counting very much as they always did on the grace and mercy of God. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Oakcrest School. To subscribe to our podcast channel, visit oakcrest.org.